This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 9th, 2016. Psalms of Life, Psalm 42. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Connection and a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. Would you play, pray with me, please? Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this incredible day that you placed before us, even in the midst of the rain, because this is the day that you have made. Help us rejoice in it, O oh God. Lord, let us uh, set aside um, this time where we can open our hearts and our minds for all that you have to offer us. Lord, I just pray that um, we are each changed and transformed by the worship here today, the prayers, and your message. So I thank you for each soul that is here today, and we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so today we start a new series called Psalms of Life. We will look at some of the psalms contained in the Old Testament. The psalms are like poetry. They express the full range of emotions that we have as human beings. Things like hope and sorrow, heartache, anger, sadness, joy, and everything in between. The psalms are really an expression of the heart of God's people that touch us in every single age and time. Today we're going to look at Psalm 42, which was the scripture that we heard read a moment ago. And this psalm speaks about spiritual depression or like a time when we have a spiritual drought in our life. So let's read the first verse together, the first two verses together here that are on the screen. As the deer pants for streams of water... So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? So from time to time in our journey with God, we will most likely be struck with these seasons of spiritual drought or what some call, as I said, spiritual depression. I know I have, and when it comes and it occurs, it can be a time in our walk with God where we're anywhere, from those who are just exploring who God is to those who have been walking with him for a long time. When this happens, it's like we don't strongly feel or sense God anymore. We may not feel like praying, and even if we do pray, we feel like we're not getting anything back from it. It's like we seek and we don't find. We read the Bible and we don't get things out of it like we used to before. We sing the praise songs and they feel like empty words coming out of our mouth. Have you ever been there? See some heads nodding. Are you there now? 
As I said, it can hit us at any time, and it can hit anyone. So at some point in our journey with God, we will all experience this to some degree. And during this time, we might even question if God is real at all. Therefore, it's important to know that it can happen so that we will not walk away in unbelief, but will instead press through to the other side. So Psalm 42 is such a great illustration of what we're talking about. The psalmist, he is in a dark place. His soul is downcast. The psalmist wants nothing more than to be comforted by the living God. However, nothing he is doing is working, absolutely nothing. It's like a deer who goes to quench their thirst in a familiar brook only to discover that the brook has dried up. There is no water. They must seek out another spot to drink from. And before they know it, the deer is so thirsty, they are panting for a stream, a brook, anything to quench their thirst because they know that instinctively, if they do not get that water, they will die. So just as the deer pants for the streams of water, the psalmist's soul the very essence of who he is, is panting for the living God. And he knows that God is necessary for his life. The psalmist feels like he will die if he does not find the living water. Have you ever been in that place? It's a place where we're thirsty in the depths of our soul for a touch from God, just a touch from God, and we just can't find it. We can't find the living water that will satisfy. Nothing we do works. You know, it's like a time when our prayers, they just hit the ceiling. Bible reading just doesn't work. Meditating on God's word doesn't work. Worship is empty, feels empty. And the bottom line is nothing is quenching our thirst. It's like the brook dried up and we are spiritually withering because we can't find what our soul needs to sustain us in our spirit. Now, I might speculate that many of us might not even get to the realization that our soul is thirsting for more of God. And here's why. Many of us, including me, we have been trained by society to self-medicate as soon as our souls become thirsty for more of God. We begin to sense our depravity or the discomfort, the anguish, the worry, the fear, whatever it is in our spirits. We begin to sense that instead of pressing through and seeking to understand that our soul is thirsty for more of God we begin quickly to fill that uncomfortable void, and I know I do this time and time again, with our go-to addictions and distractions that we have in our life. Does this ever happen to any of you? When it does, we can stuff ourselves with food, alcohol, drugs, excessive exercise, relationships, pornography, sex, 
or other things instead of sitting in our discomfort. We can begin to seek out approval from others more than maybe we normally do. We can hide in our work and watch hours of TV or constantly play video games on our phones, computers, and other devices. All these things that we might use to stuff, we try to fill that thirst from God with everything else, many times just as we did before we even invited Jesus into our heart. For me, when the discontent and the anguish in my soul starts to surface, it usually I usually feel it as anxiety or fear, or maybe I'm worried about something. When it gets too great, the first thing I typically do is I reach out for food and I sit in front of the TV and watch TV. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, next thing I know, one hour can turn into two hours. Sometimes two hours can turn into three hours. And there I am, stuffing myself. If the anguish in my soul does not subside, I begin to feel overwhelmed about just life in general. Everything just seems to be too much. Left unchecked, it leads to this vicious cycle like it just keeps, and I keep spiraling further and further down, and then I become depressed. Um, I've suffered with depression many, many years in my life. Um, I, I'm thankful today that I don't struggle with it as much, but I can still go down. Um, I'm just, I'm glad I don't stay there as long. So the thing is, is can you relate to this? Can you relate? Do you know what your go-to addictions are? What your go-to distractions are? It's important that we know, first off, that we can all go through these times. And then, when we go through them, it's important for us to know what our addictions are, our distractions, because they are red flags. You know, when I, when I watch that second TV show, Immediately, that's a red flag for me. I start to question myself because I've done it so many times. And again, I have to do a check-in. Is it okay, God? <laughs> Can I watch the second show? Or am I starting to go down a path? They indicate something's wrong in our lives. So the, the psalmist, he begins to reflect on this, and he asks, when... Can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? Where is your God? As he begins to think about this, he realizes he's been so distraught that he's not even eating or sleeping. The psalmist is not taking care of his basic essentials. Have we ever been so distraught that we can't stop crying? We can't eat or sleep, although the eat, can't eat has never been my problem. So, you know, we get so in anguish that not only is our soul downcast, but now our body has become weary. So let's not forget here, the psalmist is a believer. He knows God, 
And I would surpass that he's known God for a long time. The people around him, they see him in his sad condition, and they say to him, where is your God? Where is your God? Do we at times become afraid to tell people that our soul is like downcast and we're thirsty for more of God because we're believers and we're just afraid to to share what's going on because they might say, where is your God? I know I've been afraid to tell people how my soul, what's really going on. Well, you're a Christian, right? You should get over that. But that's not the way it works. The psalmist begins to ponder the question. And he says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul. Say the rest of it with me. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. So memories of the good old days start to come back when the psalmist was part of the body of believers. How the community came together with joy in their hearts and praising and worshiping God together in the house of our Lord. Kind of like we are today. We're coming together with that. But something has happened that has disrupted the community worship. It's like one of two things have happened. He's either not able to get there or it no longer exists. You know, because this could be during the time of the exile when the temple was destroyed, which was the main source of worship. The point is the psalmist is realizing that part of his spiritual depression is related to not being part of the body. Can you imagine being cut off from the body? Sometimes we cut ourselves off, and other times, in this case, he might not even be able to get there. He realizes how important being part of the body is. He realizes that it's important to the care of his soul to be connected to it, and now that is missing. You know, being part of the body is really important for us, too. Do we ever take Sunday morning for granted? Do we take our small group for granted? Do we take our serving team for granted? You know, do we know people, I know some of us have done this in here, where we, we disconnect ourselves. Some people have even told me that, and Carrie's talked about that before. Do we even know people who might not be here who have disconnected themselves, like that are not part of the body, and we know how important it is? If somebody comes to your mind, I would challenge you to reach out to that person. Invite them back into the body. It's really important for their soul, too. So what would happen to our souls if every church was closed and congregations were just banned from meeting and all we had left was memories of Sunday worship? The psalmist next does something really important, so let's not miss this. He does something really important. He asks his soul an important question. He says, let's read it together. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him 
my Savior and my God. So soul, why are you so downcast? Why are you so upset? Why are you so worried? Why are you so afraid? You know, we all have those times. Why are you so anxious? Why are you so disturbed within me? Notice here he's talking to his soul, the part of him that like connects him with God. He's not thinking about the answer either to the question. He's not using his mind to give him the answer. You know, when my mind gives me the answer, it's usually not a good one. The psalmist, he's asking his soul a question, and he's expecting and waiting for a response from his soul. When we ask our soul a question, we ask, we listen, we quiet ourselves, we focus on God, and we listen for the response. We don't think about our response. We listen from the depths of our being for the response. We can speculate that his response had something to do with where he has put his hope. Maybe his soul said, because your hope is not in me, in God. The light bulb goes off and it's like his hope has been misplaced. He starts to realize that. I've, I've misplaced my hope. And he starts thinking about all the other external things he has put his hope in. When we're thirsty for more of God, it might be a good idea to consider where our hope lies. Where is your hope? Have we put our hope in a job that we've been let go of? Is our hope in our own strength, like self-reliance? I know I, I go there far too often. Is it in our spouse, our children, our parents, our bank account? I've been guilty of that one. Our intellect, a doctor, is our hope in a doctor or something else? Where is our hope? Is God at the center of our hope or is something else? The psalmist then starts to preach to himself. And he starts to declare, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He continues, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. So we now get a sense of the psalmist's location. Mount Hermon is about 150 miles away from Jerusalem, which probably seems like a lifetime for him. Mount Hermon is one of the highest mountains in Syria, and it's the source of the Jordan River. Mount Mizar is probably a mountain peak near Mount Hermon, where he's at. The psalmist is likely, imagine it, he's likely sitting down in front of a roaring waterfall as he writes. Can you just imagine it? Can you picture it? He says, deep calls out to deep. And he's talking about the depths of his soul are calling out to the deep waters of God. A 
lot of times when my soul cries out to God, when I'm in those spots of anxious, fearful, or whatever's going on, a lot of times when I'm in those spots and I've just got stuff swirling in me and I feel like my soul is just a big ball of mess, um, I literally, like, I did this last week, I literally, I stand up, in my house or wherever I'm at, I close my eyes and I imagine that I am like this tall tree. And I'm just like quiet and I'm just, the roots are just searching for a drop of that water, that living water from God. And if I can't get it sometimes in that position, sometimes I just get on my knees and I'm like, God, I need to hear from you. I don't know what to do. I need to hear from you. I need your help. The psalmist continues to reflect how he feels like all God's waves and breakers, that's all the circumstances in his life, have just swept over him. He's been tossed around and knocked over by them, and he's disoriented by their force. You know, have you ever been knocked over by a wave at the beach? At the ocean, you're at the ocean, and all of a sudden it's like you're upside down, and you don't even know which way's up, and all the bubbles in the water, and you're just being tossed around, knocked over, and it's a really uncomfortable feeling. Sometimes that's the way that when we get hit by those circumstances in our life, sometimes that's the way we feel. We get hit by them. You know, it could be a call from the doctor. It could be a car accident. It could be, you know, a call from HR. You know, we need you to come up here. You just lost your job. Could be many things. And when that happens, we, sometimes we get disoriented, and it's difficult for us to get our footing back. So at this point in the psalm, there occurs, though, to be a lifting of his soul. He occurs to be getting a little bit out of the downcast. And he says, by day the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. So something has shifted. He's noticing the Lord is directing his love during the daytime. He also seems to be sleeping better. His tears may have lessened. He's remembering God's songs in the night, which are like a prayer in his heart. You know, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night or in the morning and there's like this praise tune playing in your head? Has that ever happened to any of you? Yeah, me too. And I heard a speaker say one time, I mean, for years I've heard these songs. I'm like, that's weird. I'm waking up singing praise tunes all the time. Anyway, I heard the speaker and he was like, you know, when you hear these songs, make a note of it. Even if you only know a few verses and listen to the songs the next morning. You know, I started that as a practice. And a lot of times I don't even know what the songs are, like the name of them. So I just plug in the few little lyrics that I remember. I listen to the song, and I can't believe how that song ministers to my spirit. 
a lot of times I'm just, it was the drop of water I was looking for, the drop of living water. And I might just sit there and cry just because I'm so thankful. Like, thank you, thank you, God, for putting that song in my head. So the psalmist next does something that we regularly do. We go back into the muck before we come out of it. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, when my soul's downcast, I start to come a little bit up, and then something happens, and I go back down, and, you know, it's, it's a process, kind of like what we talked about with the spaghetti. If you were here, you know, going up and to the right, we kind of go all over the place sometimes. But he continues, and he says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony, as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Where is your God? It's like he's saying, God, why have you abandoned me? Why must I continue to mourn in my soul while my enemies oppress me and they taunt me? Where is your God? Where is your God? And he starts again, and he goes, and he starts to host his own little pity party. Why, God? Why, God? He inquires again of his soul, and he says again, Why, soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And he gives the same answer. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So I would speculate that he remembers his time by the waterfall, right? When the depths of his soul start to, wanted to connect with God in those deep waters. And he gets the answer again. You've misplaced your hope again. For him, that was the answer. Put your hope in God. God is saying, put your hope in me. I'm here. I know your circumstances are hard. I know you miss being with the body. I know that your, your, your body aches and your hurts, but I'm here. I'm going to be here with you through it. So this is the solution. In the beginning of the psalm, he asks himself, where can I go and meet with God? Where can I go? and meet with him. He was so thirsty for God that his very soul was panting for the living water. He sought to find God here and there, but to no avail. Talking and listening to his soul helped bring him the answer. It was here that he called out from the depths of his being, to the deep waters of God. And this is one of the places that we can all, every single one of us, can find that water that our souls so thirst for to drink from. But before we can do that, we have to stop the stuffing, the chasing, the hoping in everything that's not God. We have to at least pause for a minute. We have to hit the pause button on our life. Feel the discomfort and the anguish and turn to God who is ever before us. The only one who can satisfy the depths of our soul. The only one. That, you know, when we cry out to God, 
when our soul cries out to God and we hear just one word back, that one word can be the drop of living water that sustains us, whether it's for the next few hours, the next couple days, or even longer. I know for me that recently happened. I was so disturbed by something in my soul, and I was just, and I, I heard a word on how to respond to a situation. The circumstances didn't change, but I heard from the living God that one drop can get us back on course. So there's a challenge for all of us this week. No matter where we are in our faith walk, from those who are exploring who Jesus is to those who have been walking with him all their lives and everyone in between, our challenge is to get alone with God, quiet ourselves down, and ask our soul how it is. How is your soul? Is it anxious? Fearful? Is it at peace? You know? How is it? Wait and listen for the response. And if your soul is disturbed in any way, ask why and take the time to pause and listen. God wants to tell you what's in the way. This is a great practice and a habit for us to do just to connect with God during those times. Now, if we don't currently have a personal relationship with Jesus, but we're kind of in that seeking, exploring, like we're genuinely trying to understand who, who this God thing, what it means to have a relationship with Jesus is, you can still do this. However, I recommend that when you do it, one of the questions that you ask yourself if you're in this seeking mode is kind of what's the way of me like inviting you into my heart? What's in the way of the barrier? What's the stumbling block that I can't get over? You know, help me, God. Pause, wait, and listen for the response. God wants to connect with you, each and every one of you, all of us, at the heart of who we are, and God will answer. We believe that God created everything in the universe, including each one of you. God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of our lives. You know, taking a moment to ask that question, like just God, what is in the way of me fully diving in to those deep waters? And I just pray that, you know, we get the response, when we get the response, we can see it and step over that and say, you know what, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I'm going to invite you into my heart. I still remember the day I did that. You know, um, I was out in the far country for a long number of years, but I remember that day. I remember the peace that passes all understanding that came the next day. There is peace waiting for us, even in the midst of our circumstances. So don't delay. Invite him in. Quench the thirst. Let's pray. Holy God, God of all of us, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, um, I just pray right now that you would be with, I know you're with each one of us, be with each one of us. 
in the different circumstances that we're in. Have us walk out of here with a greater thirst for more of you. Let us take time this week to pause and get quiet and touch base. Let the depths of our souls connect with your deep water. Help us, God, be all that you have, all that you've thought of for each and every one of us. Help us become that. Lord, um, I just pray that each and every one of us would get a a drop of your living water that will satisfy the souls, our souls. So we give all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692.